Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You are listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 39. And today we are talking about the least fun, the least sexy, the least exciting thing about nonprofits or your business, uh, which is taxes. Um, I'm not going to say this is the worst topic because... I'm going to go ahead and assume maybe like being sued would be the worst part of running a nonprofit. Um, But this is probably (laughs) a close second, Uh, but actually not because doing taxes and kind of reconciling your financial year should not ever be that much of a headache, especially the smaller of an organization that you are. So today we're going to do just really small, real quick hit um, about this very tactical episode for particularly my nonprofit uh, founders, smaller organizations, if you're part of a startup team, just some really quick information that you need to know. But before we do that, of course, I have to ask you, I have to, I have to do it, please, because I have not gotten a new review in a hot minute, friends. We need the rate, review, the subscribe. Even if you didn't want to subscribe, which I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, we're just loaded in your queue every time uh, we have a new episode. But also, whenever uh, we have a new audio portion to something for the Train Like a Warrior campaign with Operation Alone, I also will drag the audio and put it on the podcast. Um, and the full video version of those things are also always available on our YouTube channel at Operation Not Alone. So I mean, there's like so many reasons why you should be subscribed, hanging out with us here. Um, but please, 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 five stars, a really nice rating, a really nice review. Um, it doesn't just make me happy. It really, really helps. So Please pause what you're doing for like 30 seconds, go give it some love, um, and consider a payment for this little tax lesson. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, let's dive on in. First of all, I need to preface this entire episode by saying I am not an accountant, I am not a tax person, I am not a tax expert. None of this is legal advice. However, I am saying this as someone who went to school for business and for policy and nonprofits, and I've taken my fair share of accounting and finance and econ and budgeting and all those fun courses, um, and just the fact that I've handled this for my organization for like the entire time. So I'm saying all this out of personal experience and from what I know, not from a legal standpoint. Do not take anything that I say here legally. Cool? Great. Awesome. Just from experience, no one sue me. Cool, thanks, bye. I am talking about taxes and filing nonprofit taxes now uh, for two main reasons. Number one, for operation not alone, I have chosen for us to operate our fiscal year to run the same as the calendar year. I did that more because 
I just thought that it made sense. Um, personally, I like looking at our budget year to year. I like looking from calendar year to calendar year. So January 1 to December 31, I like knowing exactly like how much money we took in that year, what actually we were doing, the campaigns that we were running, the uh, whether it was an in-person fundraiser, a campaign, a third-party fundraiser, grants, whatever it is. I like knowing in one calendar year, what were we able to do? A lot of businesses use a different fiscal year to run. I think the most common is uh, like July or August is usually the reset. I'm not, honestly, I think every organization has a little bit different reasoning for it. Some people also will choose like October, November as their fiscal year start over. Um, some businesses and organizations like to do what they do. They have their own reasons for it. I think it just makes sense to mark it up with the fiscal year or the, to mark the fiscal year with the calendar year. That's just my personal preference. That's how I do it. Number two, the other reason just to make my life easy because I file our taxes and I handle this paperwork for Operation Not Alone. Um, it's really easy for me to remember to do it when I file my own personal taxes as a human being, to which I also always file as an early bird because I just like to get it out of the way for the year um, and call it a good time. So we run our fiscal year the same as the calendar year. It's just way easier for me to remember. And number two, and I think the other reason why I, we do that is because I have chosen to keep us on a cash-based accounting system versus an accrual accounting system. And I'm going to be honest, I took a bunch of accounting courses in college. I took accounting courses, finance courses, econ courses, um, grant writing, budgeting, nonprofit like, and government budgeting courses in my master's program at Northwestern. Nowhere in all of it did I ever figure out why <laughs> someone would want an accrual-based accounting system. I think that they are unnecessarily confusing. It's just stupid. To me, and particularly for a nonprofit, right? Like we do have one credit card for operational load. I guess, I guess two. No, we now have three credit cards. Whatever. You get the idea. It's all one bill that I take care of. Um Aside from credit cards, like, and again, so I have one and two people on our team have them for, for the things that they need to do. And aside from that, like, we don't have any other crazy lines of credit. We don't have any other weird loans. And so for me, like, I, with a nonprofit, because it does operate a little bit differently from a business on the, the money side of it, I like knowing just money comes in, money goes out. Where is the money coming in? How is it going out? Where is it going out? I just like that's simple to me. Honestly, I think my whole philosophy with like nonprofit budgeting with whatever has always been to keep it as simple as possible. So for me, that's a cash-based accounting system and it's lining up the fiscal year. Also because, I mean, and same for your business too, credit cards get really dicey and the only reason we have them is honestly because we use the points uh, really effectively as our cashback rewards because that's honestly just more money back for the nonprofit. But <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, we really never buy anything on our credit card that we can't afford to pay off at the end of every month. Um, by the way, you should also really strive to act like that in your personal life. Also personal philosophy for me. Um, I use the credit cards to get the points, get the rewards, but I never buy anything for operational loan or for myself that I cannot pay off at the end of that month. And so for me, like I just like watching every dollar come in and every dollar go out and not really have the money tied up 
anywhere crazy. Now, as the organization grows, that might have to change. But honestly, for as long as I can keep it as simple as humanly possible, I'm going to. It just makes life easy. Why would you not want to make life easy? Um, Also, just to backtrack a little bit with our finances, as I talk about, you know, kind of this like year-end reconciliation, um, I've mentioned this tip before on the podcast, and I would recommend this to anyone in business or in a nonprofit, because for both organizations, even as a person, it doesn't matter. You have to keep all of your, uh, your paperwork, your files, everything on hand for at least the next seven years per the IRS. Um, I, I don't ask me why it needs to be seven years, but that is like if you were to ever get audited at any given point, they're going to go back through the last seven years of financial documents. And so you just want to be prepared. You want to be at the ready, ready for the worst case scenario. Of course, I mean, there are a lot of worst case scenarios, but if you get audited, that's definitely one. So Make sure that you're going to go through, just be prepared from the get-go. So for a nonprofit, this is why you have to keep all of your receipts. Uh, And the method that I like doing, again, simple as possible, because we still use spreadsheets uh, because I'm not really prepared to kind of invest some money into like an accounting software yet. I just don't think that we're at that level. Um, As long as I can still kind of manage everything and it doesn't give me a headache, and it doesn't take that much time in a week or a month, I'm fine. Um, So I like to take every receipt for the organization and I have different shocking color-coded files. They're kind of like these envelope looking uh, file things with snaps, like a snap shut close. And uh, that's just where I put all the receipts for a year and they go in their different categories of, you know, for us, I kind of divvy it up per service. So like, where did we spend money for care packages? Where did we spend money for cheer packages, for Who's Your Hero events, anything for the Train Like a Warrior campaign? I divvy them up in those folders. Also, I will write on the top of the receipt if I need kind of a note for it. Maybe um, if it was like from a weird store or maybe the receipt wasn't that descriptive of what it was, I'll write like a little note on the top saying who bought it, did it need any reimbursement, was it purchased on the card, and basically what categories are going into. I put those all in the files. It's not hard because I just like, I'll do my thing, put it in my wallet. When I come home and I kind of empty out my purse, I just put it in the correct file. At the end of the year, bundle them all up, put them away. And I hope that in seven years, I don't need to think about them ever again. Um, It's just getting yourself prepared for the worst case scenario, financially speaking, um, if you were to get audited. Very easy to do, very easy to keep track of. Bada bing, bada boom. We know that you're strong and empowered. We know that you want to make an incredible impact on this world. And thankfully, there's an online boutique for you to represent that message every day. The Ona Boutique has two lines of t-shirts and engraved gold bar necklaces to remind you that you're capable of incredible impact on this world. And the proceeds benefit Operation Not Alone, a Wisconsin-based nonprofit supporting our troops, veterans, and mental health initiatives all across the country. Head to theownaboutique.com to shop their collections and get free shipping with the code IMPACT. That's theownaboutique.com and use code IMPACT. Okay, so now that we've covered the fact that, at least for my organization, we do a a fiscal year on the calendar year, cash-based accounting system, save all your receipts, 
make that system as easy as possible for yourself. I, it doesn't need to be color-coded folders like me, but make it easy and like easily organized for yourself. Because at the end of every year, so whatever you choose to have your fiscal year end at, you will need to file taxes for your nonprofit. Now, when I say that, um, they are tax forms, a nonprofit per its per its name and the fact that, you know, it's full thing with the 501c3 is that you are a tax exempt organization. You're not paying into taxes the way a regular business is, whether it's a, you know, a sole proprietorship, an LLC, a corporation, whatever. Um, but you do have to file every year to keep your tax exempt status up um, and just to basically let both the state and the federal government know, hi, we still exist. We're still doing good things in our community. Um, please allow our donors to keep taking <laughs> a tax exemption off of you know their donations. Please let us still go into stores and not pay sales tax. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, so you need to file these forms. Now, what form you will file is very dependent on the size of your organization. So what you are going to do is go to irs.gov very simple. And in the top right hand corner, there will be kind of a large button in the top like header that says charities and nonprofits. Amazing. That's your button. We live there. Um, this is also, by the way, where you can apply for a tax exempt status or you can reinstate your tax exempt status. What does that mean? I had to learn that one the hard way. Who's ready for an embarrassing story? Um, you have to file your taxes, file these forms every year, um, like I said, to keep your nonprofit status active. And if you do not do so for at least three consecutive years, that will be revoked by the government, which makes sense, right? Because you're not telling them that you still exist um, and you're not honoring like those basic commitments, you know, for your donors, for whatever. Well, when 18-year-old Susan was a dum-dum and didn't know any better, guess what didn't happen? <laughs> um, I'm laughing about that now because I can, because it's all fine, but I definitely had to. So when I was 18, I, I filed, what did I do? I filed the original, um, request for an EIN. So an employer identification number started the whole process. And that's really what we count our founding date of January 22nd, 2013 on. And it took me quite a while because I follow, I um, filed the long form with the IRS for our like 501c3 status, which back then was on paper. <laughs> people who get to do it now online, I'm so jealous of you. It's it's a lot easier. I did the long form on paper. Um, it was a lot more expensive. It was a lot more work. So that took me a little bit longer. So I technically filed that uh, when I was 19. And I thought I was good to go. No one told me <laughs> about the paperwork I needed to do every single year um, to keep it active. So after I filed it originally, I didn't do that. I didn't like keep up on our taxes. I didn't do anything. Um, pretty much honestly, because for the first couple of years, we weren't making or bringing in any money. I was, like I kind of have explained earlier in the show, uh, funded everything out of my pocket. So half in my head, I was like, well, we didn't really bring in any money. Like you guys, I remember doing like hosting whole brat fries that made like a net profit of $4. Like I am not, I was not a big fish in any kind of pond 
anywhere. Like I wasn't even a minnow in a puddle. Okay. It was very small and everything was really self-funded for a while. So I just didn't think about it. I didn't think it was necessary. And also just no one told me. So I made that mistake. So by 20. 16, I got a letter, a very scary letter in the mail saying that our 501c3 status had been revoked. And I was like, what? And so I had to make a thousand phone calls, figured out what I did wrong, filed again to reinstate. So we have a new reinstatement letter in 2017. Um, Part of it's embarrassing. The other part is I was a teenager and an idiot and again, playing so small that I just had no idea. Um, So when you do look operational loan up and you find that, that's what that is. So don't be like me, moral of the story, please file your taxes every single year. So anyway, so that's where you can also reinstate your tax exempt status. That's what it is. You only have to do that if you have lapsed on these forms for at least three consecutive years. Now, next on this page is the annual filing and forms. Um, Again, you can search for an organization. You can look up operational loan. You can see all the things that we've done, everything that we've, you know, put in here super great, whatever. So when you go to reporting and filing, let's click on it together. This is basically where you're going to find your nine, nine, your nine, nine, zero forms. All of your nine nineties are in here. And basically what this is going to explain to you in the most (laughs) silly way possible, um, there are three different levels basically of nine nineties. Okay. Type number one is the nine ninety N. This is for all of my delightfully small, um, my small minnows in our small ponds. This is for any organization who operates underneath a budget of $50,000 every year. So if the money you are bringing into your organization is under $50,000, congratulations, you have the easiest form on this docket. So easy, so great. It literally is also called uh, the 990 postcard, the e-postcard. I'm not kidding. This will take you like 10 minutes. It's It looks like a half sheet of paper because it literally looks like a postcard. And basically, you just have to fill out your basic information as the person who is filing. Hopefully, you are like the CEO, the person who can legally speak for the organization, whoever that is for you, the organization information. And you literally will check a box that says, you have made less than $50,000 this year. Okay, so now the second bracket for our medium-sized nonprofits. This one is for any organization who is making more than $50,000, but less than $200,000 in your total gross receipts and less than $500,000 in total assets. Um, It's the 990-EZ. It is the short form of the return of organization exempt from income tax. So this is a shorter form. It's four pages. It honestly is going to look like, it's going to kind of look like your personal tax returns. It's, um, it it really is pretty easy. You're going to have to go through a lot more detail with this one. Obviously, you're going to talk about your contributions and gifts, um, any other assets that the organization owns that's not just cash, right? Um, 
the grants that you have, salaries and benefits that are paid to your employees, what you've paid on uh, printing, publication, postage, shipping, for something like operational loan, that's a really large number for a traditional nonprofit who maybe doesn't have to stand in the post office as long as we do mailing boxes, uh, probably not as much. You will do, you know, the cost of goods sold, how much you had to, you know, kind of eat as an organization. You're going to go through all of this. Um, there will be sections in here for a really small balance sheet. And also, um, you will have to fill out a small something that says your statement of program service accomplishments, the grants that you've had, um, your list, your full board of directors will be in here. Anyone who was paid by your organization will be in here. Um, and I, I think it's pretty common knowledge, and I know we've talked about it on this show before, that if you, you know, all nonprofit salaries are public information, right? So if you work for a nonprofit, uh, someone can dig through the taxes and find your uh, salary. This more is is not usually for kind of like the smaller people. This is usually how people like to look up uh, nonprofit CEO salaries and or we need to stop throwing a fit about nonprofit overhead, but that is a different rant for a different day. So again, this is four pages. It's not that extensive. I, it really is all the things I just listed. Um, I think that this should be pretty easy to fill out. Of course, if you are nervous, if you you know don't have that much confidence in yourself, if you just want some extra eyes, because again, safe than sorry, of course, hire an accountant. Um, make sure that someone is looking this document over for you to make sure that you've done it correctly. But it really is pretty easy. Above that is the long form. So it's form 990. This is the very long one, the very scary one, but this is for the huge nonprofits. Like this is for the Make-A-Wishes, the Red Crosses, the the children's hospitals, the whatever, uh, what, you, what have you. Um, for this one, for organizations that large, you probably don't need to be listening to this podcast episode because you probably already have a team of accountants on this. Congratulations. So proud of you. You go, Glen Coco. They also do have on this site, they have a Form 990 fil filing thresholds page. Um, this will also be a really great handy dandy little tool to see what exactly your organization needs to be filing for. So just to recap, Form 990N is for any organization where your gross receipts are normally under $50,000. Easy peasy. The next form is 990EZ. And for this one, the organization has to have gross receipts of less than, of more than $50,000, but less than $200,000 and less than $500,000 in total assets. So, you know, do you own some vehicles? Do you have, you know, do you own office space? Like, if you own any assets that have to be under $500,000, you're filling out Form 990 easy. Anything above that, you're filling out the full, the big one, the 990. Congratulations. Um, and the last one is 990PF, which is for private foundations. This doesn't matter what financial status that you're at. If you are a private foundation, that's the form you're filling out. So anything over those big numbers of 200,000 and 500,000, you were filling out the big one. So please have a team of accountants at the ready for you. <laughs> 
Um, so that's basically like the 990 is like the number one form that you need to be filling, filing every year um, to make sure that your organization is in good standing. There are a couple of other forms that you will find in here. Um, nothing too crazy. A lot of these like and it's it's they're under the schedules and then it's a letter. So schedule A, B, C, D, whatever. Um, these are going to be special forms that you have to fill out on top of anything, which really is going to be uh, very specific to your organization. Like some of these will be for political campaigns, lobbying activities, any supplemental financial documents, um, any if you're doing any activities outside of the United States, um, compensation, transactions with interested per- persons, um, supplemental tax information if you have a tax-exempt bond, which is a total new ball, ball of wax for accounting. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then uh, you don't need to. Your accountant will go over that with you. So unless you have something very specific for these, and again, to that, you should have an accountant. uh, You don't need some of these additional supplemental tools. What you need to do every year to make sure that your organization stays in good standing is a good old 990. So basically, that's it, friends. That was the hopefully quickest and least painful guide to filing nonprofit taxes. Again, if you have any questions, if anything about that was scary or weird or makes your palms sweat, don't want to deal with it, always better safe than sorry. Hire an accountant. Hire someone, a professional to actually do this for you um, because God forbid that you have to go through the process of being audited. I... I don't want to do that. I always want to be safe, rather safe than sorry. Make sure that you're just setting yourself up for success from a financial and organizational perspective before you even get started. I know that that's not fun. That's not exciting. It's super lame, but it's necessary. And I promise that if you ever run into a pickle within the long run, you will thank yourself today for setting yourself up. So until next time friends if you have any questions about this uh go ahead and hit me up on instagram at make an impact podcast or at my personal page at susan Foch. you can always send me an email at susan at operationalalone.net i would love to hear if you have any questions about this if you have anything that you want to add and of course i'm gonna end by saying please rate review subscribe i don't know why i feel the need to say that Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.